0: And welcome back to the Creative Influencer Podcast, where we chat about living as the most epic version of yourself, being an entrepreneur, personal development goals, mom hustle, and starting a new life over as a single boss babe. Listen, life is way too short to sweat the small stuff, and living your life as the most intentional and exceptional version of you is the only way to achieve your dreams, I'm your girl Amanda, an entrepreneur and goal-obsessed hustler in personal development, business, and fitness. So if that is your vibe too, then we are going to be besties. I freaking love sharing my goals, my ideas, business successes to help you achieve your goals you want as a high achiever. My growth is the reason that I started this podcast, and I am just like anyone else. Sometimes I didn't believe enough in what I could truly accomplish in life. So let's dive into this episode. Grab some notepads, some pens, and your heart and your mind to fill with some really good stuff. Okay, so before we get started into another episode, which I'm so excited to share, I want to share some news and exciting things about the latest and greatest courses have officially launched and they're so freaking good. They're filled with great content and value and I cannot wait to see you there in class. The RB High Achiever course has been on my heart for so long and I'm so beyond happy to be able to deliver this course for everyone. So make sure to head over to the website, rbfurnitureshop.com forward slash courses or check out my link in the details of this podcast. I'll post it there. It's up on our bio. We cannot wait to see you. What a perfect time of the year. We're wrapping up the end of the year. It's going to be starting 2024. And this is the perfect time in order to hop on and take this course to be able to deliver some high achievements and results for 2024. Can't wait to see you guys there. Welcome back to the creative influencer podcast. If you're just tuning in, we are on episode 90, which is such a fulfilling moment for me. We're almost actually side note on this, which is crazy. I think it's something like, um, 2% of podcasts that start end up making it to episode 100. So here we go. We're 10 episodes away. Um, and today we're talking about your goals why they're not big enough and why the biggest thing that holding you back is yourself so let's dive into the episode let's get started i cannot wait to share some of these notes that i've been taking i'm here for it so if you're ready to get a real coaching episode out of this then this is definitely the one you want to tune into and why you need to dial in for some of your goals especially as we're approaching 2024 which is Coming in full steam ahead. Okay, so for you guys, it could be any time of the day. But for me, it is bright and early. It's like 5 a.m. And here I am in uh, my closet, my aka my recording studio. And I got some coffee because I am just trying to get caught up with some of these podcasts. Also to trying to like finish the year really strong and yeah, here we are. So we're going to be talking about goals. We're going to be talking not just about goals, but how we need to set some goals that are bigger than ever. And I know sometimes that that's like super scary for some people because you're like, well, what if I fail? What if I am, you know, I, what if I'm not able to achieve those things? That's the whole point. It's the whole point. So I hope you guys are going to enjoy this episode. It's your girl Amanda here. It is really early, so pardon my voice because I literally have just gotten up. I've gotten out of bed and I just feel like it's a good time to record this podcast. So, I'm going to try to really dial in and be a really good coach for you guys, especially since it's so bright and early. And by the way, as I'm sitting here, I'm trying to like figure out what I'm going to wear today. Complete side note, ladies, but like, who decided all of a sudden that flare jeans were, like, an in-style thing? Because I am here for it. Like, wide-legged jeans are making a comeback? I didn't, like, you know what? I Most of the time, you're going to find me in, like, jeans and a t-shirt, so I don't even know what's going on in the fashion world. But I'm at the store, this is a couple of weeks ago, and, like, realizing that flare jeans are, like, an actual thing. Not only that, but they're, like, stretchy and comfortable, it's, It's a sign. It's definitely a sign today. That's definitely what I am going to be putting on. So all right, here we go. Another episode on the Creative Influencer Podcast. Honestly, guys, this podcast, it was a big dream of mine. And I've always, always wanted to have a platform where I could chat and I could talk and I could just get all of those important things that I think come up in my life. And I feel like if they're coming up in my life, they've definitely got to be connecting with other people as well. And here's the thing is that like this whole podcast, it's like, you know what? I, if I can inspire one other person, just like push one extra person, I have like one good, it's, that's what gives me the fuel to like keep on recording these things, putting these episodes together because I've been there. I've been at the start line. I've been where, you know, trying to take on my first 5K, trying to, start a podcast trying to start a business like all of those things like I've been at so many first times and I'm just honestly I'm just a girl I'm sitting here I'm sitting in closets mainly this podcast is recorded primarily in closets because I I love traveling and there I am I'm traveling literally all over the world sitting in cars recording podcasts which by the way like a closet or a car has um it's enclosed so it gives you the best audio when you are on the road so if you're ever looking to record anything you definitely want to get into a closet and yeah most of the times when i'm at a hotel or if i'm in an airbnb because if and it, like just because like my family is split too so often i will be in those like in those little those little nooks and crannies and getting in there recording just with my mic and I travel like that. So, yeah, I'm always talking to myself. It's a little difficult when I'm out on the road trying to invite guests in to like come into the closet, but I'm pretty solid. I'm pretty solid with the fact that I talk to myself a lot of the times I sit in closets in cars and I don't care what people think about me with that. I'm sure when they're like walking by or like you have like housekeeping thinking like who is she talking to? She must be like on the phone or something. But anyways, yeah, that's where I am. I probably look like I am a little crazy, a little nutso, but I think that you have to be like that. You have to be big, you have to be bold, you have to be confident, you have to believe in yourself even when other people don't. So Fun fact with this podcast, I actually started this podcast uh, just recording it on my phone. That's actually all that it takes. But recently this year, I got a pretty big upgrade (laughs) because I bought myself a microphone. I um, was able to do that. But like prior to that, like I would just record the audio like literally just on my phone. Um, I use an iPhone, so... I can assure you that I did not have any audio equipment, especially when I started out on the journey. And the point being of that, and why I wanna reference that, is that when you start on something, you pretty much start at ground zero. Like the start line is just that. Most of the times the start lines are pretty bare and they don't have a whole lot of stuff to them. And I hear people use this as a reference point, like, A lot of the time. And it's often because they can't start something. You know, if you've ever had a friend say to you, maybe it's not your friend, but it could be like your mom or your sister or your cousin or, you know, your husband. Somebody, somebody in your circle, your neighbor. Hey, and then like maybe it's even you. That they can't start something because they are not good enough yet. They don't have the right equipment. They're not fit enough yet. They haven't saved enough yet. They're not qualified enough yet. And a lot of it, the connection point for that, I would say that I have a lot and where I hear it a lot is in fitness. And I hear it a lot in entrepreneurship. I hear a lot in fitness where people won't go to the gym because they're not fit enough yet. And it blows my mind. We This is actually sometimes a point of conversation where we have, or if we're having um, new people come into like our community fitness, where that will be something that's brought up where it's like, guys, like the whole point of going to the gym is because you want to get fitter. There is, you don't go to the gym because you've got a shredded six pack. Like it is, you go to the gym because you want to start somewhere. And same thing with entrepreneurship. I hear it a lot too, where it's like, ah, like You know, maybe next year, you know, maybe when I have enough money saved or maybe when, you know, I have that time to write that book or, you know, I'm not going to sign up for my 5k because I just don't have the right running shoes yet. And it's like all of these things, like all of these things that are popping up, whether it be that you're not tall enough, you're not short enough, you're not big enough, you're not small enough, you're, they're crazy things preventing you from just doing the actual work. And the problem is, the problem is with a lot of those goals that we set for ourselves and we keep on pushing them back and pushing them back on the back burner, is that you are ready. The problem is, is you are the person that keeps on making the excuses for what you're not able to get off of the to-do list, get off of the goal list. And we see this a lot when it comes to, again, circling back on that fitness journey. And when it comes to especially being brave enough to dance with a lot of stuff that's connected with entrepreneurship. Maybe like I speak from a lot because I get a lot of questions, especially with starting a business. I get a lot of questions with you know, how to be a mom, how to manage everything like with that. So I see it definitely through that lens. But I would say even arguably too, if it's something that you want to go in and you want to dial after like that degree, you know, life doesn't stop when you reach a certain age. It doesn't matter where you are. You can run your first marathon at any old age that you want. As long as your legs are physically working, you can do it at at any age. There is no time cap on your age for anything that you want to do, whether it be a marathon, whether it be something that you want to go back to school for. Like guys like I'm dabbling in some things right now where I would really like to consider doing Like, I had this idea the other day where I think I really want to maybe get my pilot's license. And I'm I'm just sort of toying with the idea. Like, it's just a little, it's an idea, it's been kind of something that I've thought about for several years, and I got really connected to it when I was down in Belize. Because when I was in Belize, I did take... In order to travel around the island, I just took like little hopper planes everywhere. So, it that was like the way that you would really get around the island was or sorry, not the island, but get get around I had to fly to an island which was San Pedro, but when you're on the mainland, it just the it's the more efficient way to travel is to hop on these little these little like single engine planes. And I just thought it was so cool, like watching these pilots you know, just fly an airplane, and you know who's to say that at any age that you can't go and do that. You know, I don't know if that's something like again when I look at it. And I want to be practical about saying that because it is something that you know for me. It that's that's a that's a big goal. It's also a big investment. It's also a bit not just financially but also um with time as well. So. Yes, it is a goal for me that I want to be able to do, but I also want to carve out enough time where I'm able to like achieve it in a reasonable time frame. But you just don't like, you don't need to have any fancy equipment to start any of these goals, any of these courses, the degrees, all of the stuff. If you really want to have something and just like myself, if I really wanted to go and do that. Start researching that stuff, like get on the school, the university of Google, get down the rabbit hole, start looking at things um, that's that's dialed in on your dream. That's what you need to do. You don't need to wait for the perfect opportunity because the perfect opportunity is never going to come. There's never going to be a moment where you're going to feel that you're in perfect prime physical condition to run that first 5k. Because if, there, if, if you did feel like that, you would have already have done it. it. Everything should feel when you're setting goals, when you're setting, you know, big accomplishments that you want to achieve, that they're big, scary, audacious things that are sitting right in front of you. That's, that's what your goal, that's what a big goal should feel like. And what you need to have is the determination in order to, to get there. And a lot, a lot of hard work. Maybe a little bit of grit, maybe a little bit of perseverance, and often some courage as well. But so many people will never live their lives to their full potential. And how sad is that? And I'm going to repeat that for the people in the back that just missed me hearing me say this. So many people will never live their lives to their true full potential because they are not brave enough to set their goals as big as what their hearts can take on. Now, I'm th- you're probably thinking, like, Amanda, why is that? Why are there people that are not able to achieve these goals? Because you, we all have them. And I'm just as guilty as doing this, especially prior to, you know, Amanda in, the, like, I would say, like, in my 20s. these big dreams, big goals, I would write them down. I would, you know, think about them. I would try to get after them and never be able to feel that I was able to get through and tackle a lot of them. And a lot of the reasons why we're not able to do that, it's because of the excuse train. The excuse train gets you a fast ticket to Nowhereville. And that's where we constantly make excuses for ourselves. And it's our lives are reflected of that. So when we're constantly making excuses for the things why we're not able to achieve the goals, it's the reason that's holding us back. I don't have enough time. You do have enough time. You have enough time. If you have enough time to watch a whole series of Netflix and whatever show, and I hear hear it all the time. Pop on social media, get onto a group chat, you get onto anything. Your girlfriends will ask you, you know, hey, did you have time? Did you watch? Um, I don't even know what's on Netflix because I don't, I don't even watch. But, you know, you know w- what those shows are. If you have enough time to watch an hour of TV or an hour of shows every single day, then you have enough time to work on your dream your dream. Like you need to be carving out the time to work towards that. And if you're not doing that, then you're, you you don't want it bad enough. And that, that I think it was the turning point for me. When I heard somebody say, that you need to work on your goal every single day and whether it be you know five minutes ten minutes an hour whatever the time is that you're carving out out of your schedule to do that you have enough time to work on that we all have enough time to work on that there's so much time that we waste on social media on scrolling and I know I can get caught up in it I can get for sure caught up in it When I am on Instagram and you're just constantly scrolling through those reels or you're on TikTok because you just watch some funny, you know, thing, I have to be really careful of that. Like we use social media a lot for our business and it's something that I have really tried even over this past week where it's like, I've really tried to dial in to make sure that the content that I'm putting out there, um, I am only reflecting that for the store, for the business and trying to really stay off of everybody else's stuff up there because you can easily waste 20 minutes. So if you have 20 minutes to waste on social media, you have 20 minutes to focus in and dial on something that is pulling at your heart that you need to work on. I've had the pleasure of meeting like so many people. Over the course of my lifetime and especially over the past 10 years, people that have inspired me, people that have encouraged me, people that make me want to feel like I'm ready to tackle anything, great coaches, people that make me feel alive. Like these are my people. These are the people that I constantly want to have in my circle. And I'm a big believer in the universe and the the alignment of things. You know, sometimes when you have people, and I, I do this a lot with books, like if somebody recommends that I read a book and I hear it more than once or twice, it is definitely a sign for me that I should probably pick up that book and put it on my read list. And... Even if it's something that, you know, it's a person, person, place, or thing, or just something that pops up, like, you know, if it's more than once, I just feel that there's something there. There's something that the universe is trying to tell you that you need to pay attention to. Whether it be a trip that you want to book, maybe it's a friend that needs a little bit of help, maybe it's a book you need to read, maybe it's something that your kid needs to, you know, have you listen to. Like even I like I'll do with the kids. Like the kids will come home and you know, like their mom like mom, you know, some something random. It doesn't even have to be anything that's like of that much importance, but to them and their world, it is. So I try to really pay close attention to things more so now that keep on popping up. And I think that when you have clarity, focus, and you have a clear purpose, those things that tend to pop up, definitely they're easier to spot. They're easier to spot when you have less distractions in your life. Sometimes the paths that cross over for me come, you know, if it's, if it's a person, place, or thing, If it's something that is meant to be there for me, that's popping up where it's like a short period of time that they're meant to be like, it's just a little flash or it's a long period of time. I've been working very hard on making sure that I acknowledge the fact that when people compliment me or offer me some advice or send me some random message, it means something and more importantly, trying to find the gratitude to be grateful for everything that pops up. Even the good, like the bad, the ugly, all the stuff in between. And a lot of the times, like I'll have people comment things to me and I laugh when I, I laugh when I say this because it's really easy people for, for people to acknowledge me, for, especially right now, where people will say to me, comment on things like, it must be really easy for you because you're so fit. And you can't see my face right now, but when people say that to me, it, like I have the biggest side eyes when it comes, like the side eyes so bad that I definitely need some Botox. Like hell no, I was not always fit. I was not always a podcaster. I was not always a business owner. And I'm certainly not where I am today from just an overnight success train. No, these are the things that came to me over a very long period of time. And those goals were big and they were huge and they intimidated the shit out of me. And you know what, it, it, what you need to do in order to really achieve those big things, like really big moves, the move the needle stuff on life, is you need to have a goal that scares you. I want to make sure that when I'm saying that, like so many people are looking they'll look in and and say like, "Oh, it looks easy like it look that looks easy for you When people make things look easy, it's because they have countless hours spent on something that they're trying to work on, and when I say countless hours it it could be years, years and years and years of time where I was so scared to record. You know, my first audio for this podcast, like petrified, like I I was sitting alone in my closet, just hearing my own voice scary. That's crazy. Like that, that's crazy. When you think about it, it's like, you want to become a podcaster. You want to be able to have people hear your voice and you're scared to hear your own voice. Yep. That was me. I was petrified sitting there. I like, it. still to this day scares me with public speaking events, being able to, you know, stand up on stage to talk to people. And especially when it comes to things that make, me uncomfortable and i'm going to say this this would be specifically into uh the conquer the world our website our direction what we're looking to do with that over the next couple of years is pretty scary because it means that i have to make myself vulnerable to be up on stage in front of people that i'm speaking to conversations on where it talks about mental health awareness it's talking about things that are very close to my heart it's talking about suicide it's talking about you know for me losing loved ones like it's all of the stuff that stuff it scares me it scares me because I know that when I have to stand up there when I have to make myself vulnerable that that you're exposed you're like a naked little person just standing out there Exposed with all your emotions, and the first thing that we tend to go to is that people are gonna judge me. people are gonna what are they gonna think about me? What are they gonna you know say when I fail and when I do that? And it's like, you know what? I think most of the time when we're looking to do these big things, we set that down and we go out and we tackle it and and we fail. we fail really hard and we fail in front of other people. Most of the time, and I'm going to say probably 98% of the time, the people that are watching us are so proud of our failures. They're so dialed in for us wanting to be successful that they're not, they're not, they're not angry. They're not critical. They're not judging us based on our failures. They're looking at us thinking, my gosh, it must take so much boldness, so much courage to be able to get out there and be brave enough to tackle the things that, you know, I might not be able to do. So when you're looking to set a goal, never let fear hold you back for something that you were meant to do. And I want to point that out because it's important for people to realize that the start line is the start line. You shouldn't be signing up for your first 5k with the confidence of somebody that's able to, you know, power up a spaceship to Mars. Like it needs to have something that scares you because if it doesn't, then it's not big enough. It's big enough When it scares you, it's big enough when you're fearful, when you're the person that is like myself, like I'm going to stand up on stage and I'm going to be exposed. I'm going to be vulnerable. It's going to be intimidating. Probably people are going to be looking at me thinking, and you just have to let it go. You just have to let it go. You know, when I was in Utah this year, I w- wanted to point out like on my mountain climb that I did for Everesting, so many people that were climbing on that mountain said to me constantly and we had to summit as athletes 13 times on this mountain and I had so many people, so many people would say this, that a lot of the same context, a lot of the same storyline that would play out. And I just, so everybody's aware of like what that situation looked like. So in Utah in August, it's pretty darn hot. Like it's pretty dry. It's, it's a little, it's, it's, it's a little weird. Like it's dry. It's hot. He got to summit this mountain 13 times. Each ascension is, more grueling than the last because you know exactly what you have to do every time you climb up this mountain. And the the point of the mountain is to accumulate the ascension feet of 30,000 feet or 29029, which is the same accumulation as Everest. And this challenge is done throughout North America. It's done on on a few different uh mountains. And it's interesting because when you're with people that are trying to hit this goal it's a very small group of community that are um, you know th- that have signed up to do th- this particular challenge it's, a, it's less than 300 people so you're you're around a lot when when that happens it's unlike when you do um, a big event where you might be in like a personal development and maybe there's like a big event with a room is filled with 5,000 people or you maybe you're at a trade show and the room is quite so you might not necessarily run into the same person over and over again, but when they're small little micro sessions that are of that sort of size and scale, it's really interesting because you tend to these people become your like your neighbors, your friends it's just it's more of a community it's a smaller base group, it's more of a community. Same storyline gets played out and played out again. I'm just the girl that's there that again I I and I to do this mountain ascension I borrowed equipment from friends. I did not go and get brand new mountain equipment. I flew out to Utah it was like the price of my air ticket that's what cost me. Obviously the event itself did there was an investment from, you know, that that side of things. But my poles that I used to climb were borrowed from my friends. I borrowed jackets and I hiked this entire mountain in a pair of running shoes. I did not go and buy uh, mountain shoes or mountain climbing or hiking shoes or boots or any of that stuff. Now, that could have gone either way for me because I think that that could have been dangerous. But I had been training all summer in and a lot of my training a lot of my training consisted of weighted vest um running and just running in general. I didn't have a lot of mountains to re-simulate the ascension, so climbing did become a little bit challenging because trying to you know mimic the the height and elevation of the mountains. we just don't have that here in Ontario, but a lot of the people a lot of the people would say the same thing to me, you're so fit, oh my gosh. Girl, your legs like you're so strong, and the crazy, the crazy part of that is when you're doing these ascensions and like you keep on climbing the same part and you're walking up and you've got your poles, and you know you're climbing and it's like one, it's just one step after the other. Like the whole thirty thousand feet, when you think about that, like it's just one after the other, and it's it is a mental game, guys. That that mountain climb was physically? Yes. Was it hard? I would probably scale it on probably a 7 or an 8. It wasn't something that physically that I wasn't able to achieve because I could walk. I can walk up and down a mountain. It's not it's not physically that hard. It gets harder as you start to repeat and you start to fatigue your muscle groups out, for sure especially your calves and your hamstrings, like they definitely tend to fatigue out over a long, you know, endurance, a long, you know, time on the mountain. But the toughest thing on that mountain was not the physical. It was the mental. It was the mental playing out for every single ascension thinking, I just want to quit because everything in your body and your being is telling you that this is the most unnatural thing to be doing. And by the time I got to Ascension, I don't know, I think it was eight, Ascension eight or nine, I was projectile vomiting everywhere. And it, it. I'm not, I guess I'm not a vomiter. Like I'm not a person. I'm like the type of person that I will do anything to prevent me from puking my guts out because, well, one, I feel like when I start, I can't stop. I used to get travel sickness when I was a kid. And I think I have, honestly, I think I have, like, PTSD from being a kid growing up in Scotland, going back roads and being fed ginger cookies just to keep, like, the the travel sickness down. And... So now I I feel like I, I get so exposed. So I'm I, here. I am on an extension. I'm I am vomiting everywhere. Everywhere like there's vomit. I'm coming down this chairlift. I'm vomiting. It's like everywhere. It looks like a. It, it looks like a scene from The Exorcist. Like the guy that's running the chairlift is definitely looking at me. He must have been like this 18 year old kid, super cute, like lovely looking kid, and he is watching this mom lady like projectile everyone and everywhere in an enclosed chairlift it was the most embarrassing like i get words can't even describe what it was like it was just something that it like never i laugh now but that poor kid like somebody had to wash that vomit out of that cart guys and like it was something that again Physically wasn't the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life, but mentally, ooh man, it was pretty tough. It's pretty tough when you are doing that stuff. When you're fatiguing every single muscle group, when you're exhausted, when you have uh, dehydration, when you have, uh, you know, just just too much sun. It's hot. Like you're overheated. All the stuff, and you're, you're now your body's starting to shut down in that way where, you know, to push yourself to keep going, man, it's harder than ever. And it's hard for me when I was on that mountain to hear all of these things where people are like, you're so fit, you're so strong, you know, you're so this. Like for me, guys, fit and strong and athlete, that's not something that I had in my, I guess, library or vision of myself up until a couple of years ago. I was the kid, guys. I was the teenager. And I know a lot of people, you know, that tune into this, and maybe it is for some, you know, physical, you know, motivation and challenges. And maybe it's that entrepreneurship. And it's like, you can relate because, you know, you're a mom and, you know, we're all, we're just in like, But just to give you a backtrack of where I was and what I started with when I was in high school, guys, I almost failed gym class like like I was the girl that almost failed gym class. So the girl that's now climbing a mountain and people looking up to me saying you're so fit, you're so strong, like it is a full circle moment if my gym teacher could see me, especially in grade 10 right now, like when I moved back to, to Canada from Scotland, I almost failed gym class. And I know a lot of you are going to be like, well, how's that even possible? How is that even possible that you can actually fail a gym class? Well, I'm going to tell you how it's possible. It's possible because I was the smart ass kid. I would be skipping school. I would do anything to avoid Gym class. Physical fitness, nothing. I didn't like it. I didn't want to do it. And where you could find me, by the way, when I was skipping class... Was and this, like, I'm just being raw and honest. Like, that's that's the kid that I was in school. Like, I loved art, I love history, I loved English, I was writing. You get like phys ed? why? Why are we doing that? I don't want to go and play dodgeball. I was the worst athlete in the entire gym class. Like, nobody would ever pick me. I was also a massive nerd in school, like, massive nerd. Matt, like, I I wasn't the kid. I wasn't the athletic kid. I wasn't the pretty kid. I wasn't the, you know, the popular kid. I was a complete nerdo that liked history and art. And, like, I was not the athlete. I was not fit. And I certainly was not the girl that would be, like, you know, most likely to climb an Everest descent. It would never, that wouldn't even be close to me. Like, the people that are pictured on the graduation pictures like beside me they wouldn't even be close like we wouldn't even be in the same circle of people so to hear that for me it's still to this day like that's you know a long 20 years after the fact now and it is crazy when I hear people use that as a reference point for me It still to the to this day blows my mind that people say that I'm fit or I'm accomplished or I'm this or that because I just I constantly go back to the journey of like where that was like how I started which was honest honest to goodness it was almost failing gym class and being very cheeky in the sense that I would often be caught uh yeah in the smoking section I look like I was almost like a foreign exchange student I thought that I was so cool where I would be skipping class outside smoking And like smoking, like it was my job. Like it was something that that is what we did. Now, nobody like I I don't smoke anymore and I haven't smoked in years. But like back then, it was the cool thing to do. I don't know if you were like growing up in the early 2000s, but like that was our jam. We did it. I know now like it is so like frowned upon with smoking. But, you know, back then we did it. And, And I definitely thought that I was super cool. Uh, With with doing that, I would likely be found with like a like a coffee, like one of uh, like a Tim Hortons coffee or coffee time or country style, like one of those. Like that would be, you know, my jam. I literally look like I was an exchange student. I was a freaking idiot. That's what I was. And certainly like in fitness, like it was no near it was nowhere near a priority for me. So, if your girl over here a is doing some hard shit on a daily, believe me, if I can do it, I promise you you can do it too. You are likely more skilled and qualified in any fitness starting point than I ever was. If you can take the girl that was standing there in the smoking section honestly, then you can take the girl and <laughs> of yourself and turn her into something more than what I ever was, especially when it comes to that starting point. Now, my smoking career ended like many, many years ago, but uh, it was just such a cool thing to do. Like I, and I was like such a vibe back then. Like that's what we did. And that sort of like, you know, that's pretty much how we dieted like back then. Like I would uh, have uh, cigarettes for breakfast with coffee and probably, you know, finish off the day strong. It would be like, it was Diet Coke and coffee and cigarettes and that's how we lived in my, like, early years, especially when I was, like, going to college and stuff like that. But, and now I think about it, I was like, it's so crazy to even think that that's what we did to our bodies. And that would be the thing. I can't even, like, I can't even stand around a smoker now. Like, it's it's just so crazy. It's it's so crazy that um, that's what we did in order to think that that was, like, you know, the best way to 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 lose weight or to get on you know, a new, a new fitness program. Like we'd often like avoid meals or I remember when I, this is like after high school, but I bartended. And the reason why I bartended was because I I was poor. Like I was so poor when I was growing up and I lived on my own and I didn't have a lot of money. Like, like I've guys, I've lived in my car. Like I have lived, I have lived in like furnace rooms. Like I have lived, I have lived in million dollar homes and I have lived in like like where the mice live like I have I have gone definitely full circle in where I started to where I I am today and it's very humbling when you you, when you go back and you you start to think about that and how far your journey is but aside for that just like to get back on track is the fact that you know when I was bartending and I did that because I couldn't really afford to go out like I didn't I couldn't afford to go out and, you know, party with my friends because I didn't have any money. Like I was constantly like trying to pay for rent or trying to, you know, buy some groceries and food. Like it was, I never was food bank poor, but I tell you, like I was pretty close. Like I, I worked as a bartender because when I worked at, uh, when I worked at this, like the restaurants, you would be able to buy staff meals for like super cheap I think back then it was like two bucks or something like that it was like really really cheap that's how I fed myself like that's why I that's how I could afford to buy food was by and I would literally eat once a day like or whenever I was working I that's when you would eat so because like buying groceries would be almost unheard of like and I remember at the time thinking to myself like you know this is so like, this is so, it's so crazy, but that's what we were dealing with. That's what we have. And it, man, like it just, it's such, it's so crazy to think now, especially when, you know, I'm heading up the grocery store and you're like, and you're like, my gosh, like I can't, I can't have anything less than an organic banana. When, you know, back then, like, it's not really that long ago thinking to myself, like I was really, in a dire situation where, you know, it, I wanted to eat, like I would have to go to work. And that was the situation. That was the situation of me growing up. Now, I mean, I like, I'm making it sound probably a little bit worse than what it was, but you know, like, I mean, I did have friends and family that I'm sure that if I said like, Hey, I'm, I'm so poor right now, guys, can I have a sandwich? I'm sure that they would have like thrown me something, but I didn't have a lot of money. I had to pay for school. I had to, um, you know, be able to, so to like save up your, like your tips you would have from like bartending. And yeah, I was able to like pay for school and pay for my, like my car guys, like my car back then I needed to do a podcast on like what Amanda's life was like back then. My car was such, it, it was crazy. It was so crazy. My car back then, I don't even know how it was roadworthy. It was so, it was so old that when I was driving around, this Mazda, the 626 Mazda. And um, it was crazy that it had like almost like 400,000 kilometers on this car. And my brother at the time, this is the part, probably the part that's like a little bit of illegal activity. But anyways, my brother worked at Canadian Tire. And every time I would put the window down on this Mazda, it would blow a fuse. And it would be like, in the summertime would be the worst, right? Because it'd be so hot. Never had air conditioning, my gosh. But you know, it'd be so hot. So you'd have to keep all the windows up or you'd run the risk of putting the windows down, knowing that you're going to blow the fuse and not be able to put the window back up. Now that's all fine, but often it rains a lot in the summertime, especially with thunderstorms and stuff. So I would be like soaking wet, but like hot, like it was all the stuff in this like port, this car. Oh my gosh, it was It was a situation and that is, you know, now, and then you look at it and you're like, I would never contemplate buying a car less than having a leather heated seat. And it's just like, what? Like, no, that's not how you started. Like that's, and that, that is essentially a start line. When you think about that and you think about like going back to those like very beginnings, like point being is that if I can take a start line and start it at the smoking section outside of a catholic high school skipping class and climb a mountain you know and yeah that time lapse is a little longer probably than when you want to make you know your goal but goals are achievable and they're achievable in any sense and any time cap it doesn't matter so if your girl Amanda can stand here and do that definitely you can too. I was talking actually to my coach just a few weeks ago and we were sharing some ideas and goals for 2024 and what I thought were maybe some like pretty cool epic things to do, but they still kind of sat a little bit in like the vanilla pie mode. Now for your girl, Amanda here, maintaining a level of scare the crap out of myself every year is getting a little scarier when I start putting these lists together and I've kind of blown some stuff out of the water over the past couple of years. I've dove in like the middle of the ocean in an abyss hole filled with sharks going down, um, 150 feet. I've climbed 30,000 feet or the equivalent of Everest this year and 31 hours or less. But more importantly, I have failed at a lot of really hard shit more times than I've actually been successful. And I've And I want to point that out, too. Like, I think a lot of us, we don't talk about our failures with that, especially with these goals. But in order to achieve that Everest ascension... There was a lot of times I was struggling like I was on like the the front seat row of the struggle bus when it was going into that. It's not that easy to put on a weighted vest and run up and down. And if you've ever seen anybody in the town of Port Caroline running up and down, Hills with a weighted vest, then please slow your car down, guys, because most of the time we are dying out there. We are dying, like dying out there. But that's literally how I spent my summer. I spent my entire summer in spring, you know, doing stuff like that where it was constantly like just questioning, like, should I, do I want to do that? Do I want to push myself this hard? Do I want every day was mostly struggle or failure from within and a lot of the times too I wasn't able to get to where I wanted to be I people esp- this is especially frustrating for me in fitness not so much I think in business because I feel like I just have like a natural gritty tendency so entrepreneurship comes a little bit easier for me like in the sense where it's like the creative side of things where I can look at something and I'm like well we need a website so let's just do that or, oh, we need some social media stuff or a video reel or like those things creatively come easier for me. Fitness, where it's like technical stuff. Nope, not for me. Like the, the, I look at people that have been doing CrossFit for several years and they're way ahead of where I am now. I'm not comparing myself. I don't want to I don't want to pull that in. But it, it the point is, is that it takes me longer because it's just not something that I'm gifted on. I'm such a visual learner. I'm such a visual person. So for me, it's so frustrating. More frustrating than I would say the average person that just has more of an athleticism or gifted ability or just natural pose to, you know, like those people that you meet that are just like, like I'm just such a natural runner or a we'll lot have people that come into the gym. Like you're struggling with this. Like it took me like three years to get to where you are. So that is always going to be a factor, right? For me, like I always know that that like when I walk into a situation, especially I know that I'm more challenged in situations where visually, technically I have to put myself like far outside of my comfort zone. It's probably all the stuff coming back from gym class that I avoided because um, all these people did go to class and I wasn't so in class. So I feel like payback is like kind of circling back for me. But anyways, I like these big goals I've been setting. It's been kind of crazy diving with sharks. I've been climbing mountains, doing Everest. But more times than not, I failed. I failed a lot of times. I think I've had to expose myself. I have stood in front of my mirror many a time and questioned my existence, my like my being for life, and I have cried more times than what I've probably had joy. And when I look back at that, especially even climbing that mountain, there were times on that mountain that I 1000% wanted to quit. I was vomiting not just on the chairlift, but at the top of the mountain, I was vomiting in the bushes. I was just like dry heaving at at the final ascensions. I was like shred. I had a banana muffin that I was micro chewing in my mouth into a paste just to hold something down because I knew that I needed to have calories just to get up the mountain. And by the time that I did the summit and then came back down again, you want to know what happened? I went right by that time. I was, I, I wasn't just vomiting everywhere. I was vomiting actually in the bathroom. So I had like upgraded to actually being a little bit more um, sophisticated, I guess, with my, like my vomit plan. But that's, that's what I was doing. It was so freaking hard. It wasn't hard physically, but mentally when you are doing that to yourself and when you're doing that to your body, everything is telling you. And it's so easy for you to stand there and just say, yeah, like I'm going to quit. That's it. I've, I've, I can't do it anymore. Physically I'm done. And I don't know, especially for me, like standing there, I remember standing there in the bathroom mirror at the mountain climb at the lodge is a beautiful lodge. And it's like, um, I don't know. I just like, it, it's like woodsy and like there's at like this log cabin It was beautiful. The bathrooms are gorgeous. It looks like they're, it, it looks like it's a beautiful hotel. It's a beautiful lodge, beautiful bathroom. And I remember standing there in front of the mirror and thinking to myself, nobody else is doing this shit. Like there is you know, here I am, I'm alone. I'm thousands of miles away from home. I am vomiting in a bathroom. I am so sick right now. I'm so vulnerable. I'm so exposed. Why the hell am I doing this to myself? Like nobody else is doing it. Like, what is the actual reason that I'm like, I'm, I'm staying here doing this. And especially when you start to really challenge yourself, you start to question. It gets super frustrating, very frustrating. And when you start to push yourself outside of your comfort zone where you become very uncomfortable like that, you question every single freaking thing. It's not a physical thing at that point. It's a mental game. It is a mental game because everything in your being wants to tell you to quit, to tell you to stop. Every time I sat there looking at myself thinking like there are no other, you know, moms that are doing that. I mean, there were on the mountain, there were lots of other people that were doing that and maybe not exactly replicating my exact life, but you start to go through all of these things. It's because your mind is playing tricks on you where people, you know, start to say things like that. It it gets very lonely. It gets very lonely when you start to push yourself into those really hard things. But for me, I've always been so inspired by those people, like so inspired. Like I look up to people that have really truly like done some great accomplishments in life. If you want to have any conversation with me or have like any, any of my time, my time is so valuable to me. My time is, you know, I I feel like it's something it's a common commodity that you can't buy. You can't replace it. And for me to earn like a seat at my table, like a seat to sit down where I'm like really engaged and I'm really like hold value. It's like, tell me some cool stuff that you've done. Tell me some great goals that you want to achieve. Tell me something that lights your heart on fire because that's the stuff that feeds me energy. And I love that. I love having conversations. Be I always look up. I've always been such a huge fan of, um, of Colin and Colin doing the Everesting and, and putting these challenges together, he was so inspiring to me. I was like, how does this average guy just turn around and start to think, oh, hey, like I think it would be a great idea if we, you know, challenge people to do an Everest ascension like that. It, what? And if you follow uh, Colin O'Brady's story, who's the guy, the founder behind um, Everesting, it's such a cool concept. He's just like, he's so inspiring. And I think that if you can take an average human and, you know, inspire other people, it's like, that's, that's, that is a full circle moment. That's, that's literally what I want to do on my journey. I love that. I love being able to, um, have people come in and and look and say like, Oh that's really hard but you know you're inspiring me to do that. That's I freaking love that. If it's like one person if it's one person that's listening to this podcast that gets inspired to do something that's really hard to push themselves out of their comfort zone because you know on the other side of that and by the way after all the times that I was vomiting on the mountain after I was so sick I it was I, I remember having somebody come up to me and they were literally telling me that I needed to lay down. Like I I had and if Julie is listening to this podcast, she, she had to take me into the lodge, guys, lay me down and force feed me rice noodles. Like literally she wasn't actually force feeding me, but she was like, girl, you need to eat. You need some calories in there. And I was like, but I can't like, I'm like, I was a mess. I was a hot mess. Like, you know, those girls that you see that are vomiting, after I keep on talking about vomit, but you know, those girls like you see, and it's like, they've been part and it's like that. And they're like, I was that person except I wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't hung over. I wasn't drunk. I wasn't doing all this stuff, but she was literally, she was like, if you want to conquer this, like, if you want to dial in and get this mountain ascension done, then girl, you need to eat some rice noodles. You need to get some calories in you. You need to sit down. I was laying down in the lodge on, I don't know, some random bench with my head. And I had people coming up to me Saying, like, are you okay? Like, are you good? Um, I ended up meeting like a really great guy that was out on the mountain, Alvero, who happened to be an Iron Man um finalist. And that was incredible. He's wrote a, a amazing book. If you haven't read it, you should. It's called Level Up. Um, and I remember him seeing him on the mountain, and he I remember him passing by and him saying hi and smiling. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm dying on the inside I am dying on the inside I can't even hold a banana muffin down I don't even know how I'm gonna get back out there and like do another five ascensions up and down like this thing and it it's like a 30% grade as soon as you get out there to the mountain like it's so hard it was so physically challenging and standing there and just thinking to myself like who else is doing this you know like, like it's just me like it feels so lonely when you're there in that moment and I think knowing that when you're able to conquer that, like I tell you, I had ended up finishing the mountain, finishing the ascension, and I actually summited that. I I, I did it in 30, 31 hours, which was great. Um, time cap is thirty six. I was super proud of myself uh, for that. And w- the finalist, when you're done, you get a red hat. Uh, when you're done and a medal and all this stuff, but this red hat, guys, it's like a, it's it's a marketing thing, right? This red hat, it's probably a twenty dollar item it is more valuable to me, that red hat, than anything else I think that I own in my possession right now. Any other medal that I've accomplished or got. And not because like, and I've done some hard stuff, guys. Like I've, I've, you know, done some CrossFit competitions. I've challenged myself physically. Like I've done long endurance bike rides. I've done things. I'm telling you, this red hat on that mountain was something that is more valuable to me than Anything else in my possession, I've had, I've birthed three kids, like all this stuff. It's nothing compared to doing that mountain ascension. And it means so much to me that I'm able to sit there with it and just like the sense of pride having that. And I know that there are so many people that when you're dialing in, when you put these hard goals that are down there on the other side of that, when you get to the other side of that, after the failures, after the losses, after all of the stuff, when you get to the other side of that. I'm telling you, this this red hat is more valuable than anything to me, and I get that. Like a lot of people will ask me, a lot of people when I go through, and it's like, why would you do that? Why would you want to start this podcast? Why would you want to climb that mountain? Why would you ever want to do CrossFit? Why would you ever want to? You know, that just seems like it's injuries. Like you know, why would you want? What is a PR? Like why would you want to do that? Why? My answer is always this: when you're uncomfortable when you're growing, when you're pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone, beyond the warmth, the cozy blanket of all the hard things, and you can still manage it. I think it was somebody, I think it was David Goggins that said something that when you feel like you're done, you're actually only 80% done. And when you flip your mind into that perspective, when you're tough and you're gritty in a situation like that, you just have to think, when you're trying to dial in some of these hard goals that it can always be worse than what it is. It can always be worse than what it is. So if you feel like your goals that you're setting are an eight and they're not a 10, then you need to really dial in and really set, challenge yourself, push yourself beyond your comfort zone. Because on the other side of that, is so much pride, it's so much comfort, and there's so many things that you are able to learn and grow as a person with that. Okay, so if I can leave you with some closing notes here. Critics, guys, I got no time no patience. And they're certainly not worth my time, especially when it takes away manifesting my own big ass dreams. Like you're going to come on and start chirping or giving some negative feedback about something that I'm doing. I honestly, it, it does not affect me. It does not affect me. I don't have time for it. I am so lasered and dialed into my own goals and dreams and things that I'm doing that I just don't have time. I don't have time for critics. And I have very I have no to little respect for people that are doing that with anybody and it doesn't matter about like what personal journey or what you know fitness journey or wherever you're at if you are making somebody feel less than what they're worth I think that you really need to check with yourself if you have enough time to pop on Instagram or you have enough time to pop on social media or message a friend or, you know, in a negative context without something that's encouraging to them. You need to go and spend more time on yourself and really try to dial in on your own goals versus trying to make a negative impact on somebody else's. Cheerleaders, this is an important one to note. These guys are great and they're worth having in the stands, but let me just tell you, it's important not to get caught up with all the glory and not the accomplishments. Celebrate your victories like a boss and move on to the next mountain and start conquering it. It's definitely something that I have to uh, be aware of. It's something to pay attention to. You can get caught up in those, you know, victory moments where the extended period of time where you're celebrating is longer than the period of time where, you know, you've taken to, you know, put those goals together. It's something like you know if you are you, you you think about that moment right that moment for me standing on top of that mountain being able to accomplish a really huge goal it's seconds right seconds of time that it took for me to be able to actually get out there and accomplish it. And, you know, I'm putting my red hat on and, you know, you cross the finish line and all these people and they're celebrating cameras and there's lights and people are taking your picture and you're standing there and it's so beautiful. It's like breathtaking views. You're like all, like all of Utah. It's amazing. And you're standing there and everybody's like cheering you on all that stuff. And when you compress that moment, right, it's just pure seconds, minutes merely of what that goal took. It took countless hours days months weeks years in order to be able to get to that point so when you have somebody that's cheering you on I think it's great make sure that you have uh, those people in your corner I think it's an amazing opportunity to make sure that you you know have the right people in your corner it's it's always great for that but just be aware that the victory is a celebration that's exactly what it is and like all good celebrations they always come to an end and move on to the next, you know, moment where you get to work hard for the next goal that you're about to achieve. Um, next up is probably a coach. Coach, I think, would be the most important person in your life. I think that coach is a great coach. I'm so grateful to have so many great coaches in terms of personal development coaches that I have. I have fitness coaches that are behind me. I have business coaches that are behind me. Um, I'm so grateful to be able to have those people in my corner. And when those people are standing in my corner and cheering me on and being able to not only help me uh, achieve the goals, but they're able to see my potential of where I'm able to go. I think that a great coach, that's the difference between a great coach and just a a coach, is that coaches are able to see, a great coach is able to see your potential and especially what you are looking in order to be able to achieve, see, and do in the future. So make sure the difference between the critics, the cheerleaders and the coaches all of those people play a good part um in your in your life and i definitely think that they're able to uh you know make sure that especially when you're trying to set these big goals, that you have the right people, the right networks in your group. I'm always such a big believer in this. You are the circle of the five closest people that you surround yourself with. So make sure that you're surrounding yourself with some good people because that's what's going to uh, be a reflection of what and who you are and what you're able to achieve. guys I want to leave you with this amazing poem that is I'm such a big uh, sucker for quotes and inspiration I love and I think that uh, one of my favorite quotes of all time is the man in the arena and it's by uh, Theodore Roosevelt great quote there's lots of very good points there for me especially for grit hard work determination all of that stuff um, it's actually something I haven't written on, in one kitchen wall um, as a quote um, on some brown craft paper um, but it's like a message board and it's it's there and the kids all read it and I love it it's it's one of my favorite quotes but this quote about uh, or this poem rather about how did you die by Edmund Van, Vance Cook was sent to me by one of my coaches actually and I think it's such an important lesson for us to take away on how we truly live how deeply we live and how intentional we live. Talk about this a lot. One of my favorite books is The Alchemist. It is a great book and if you dial in and find the reasoning behind that book, it it, it really is about your life legend, living to the best version of yourself, being able to accomplish your goals and setting other people you know, aside, really dialing in on the hard stuff. And I love this poem because it talks a lot about that. So here we go, I'm gonna read it to you and I hope that you guys enjoy that. Did you tackle that trouble that came your way with a resolute heart and cheerful? Or hide your face from the light of day with a craven soul and fearful. Oh, a trouble's a ton, or a trouble's an ounce, or trouble is what you make of it. And it isn't the fact that you were hurt that counts, but only how did you take it? You were beaten to earth, well, well, what's that? Coming up with a smiling face? It's nothing against you to fall down flat. But to lie there, that's disgrace. The harder you're thrown, why, the higher you bounce. Be proud of your blackened eye. It isn't the fact that you're liked that counts. It's how did you fight and why. And though you be done to death, what then? If you battled your best you could, if you played your part in a world of men, why the critic will call it good death comes with a crawl or it comes with a pounce and whether he's slow or spry it isn't the fact that you're dead that counts but only how did you die guys i hope that you like that poem it is such a good reflection on in such a great inspiration too for how intentional we need to live our lives, how short the days are. We really don't know how long that we each have here on this earth, on this planet. And when we're setting really hard things, I think it's a really important lesson to take away, It's that whenever our last day is, is that I think the most common thing that happens to every everybody when we're sitting there on our final days is that did we actually truly live? And how did we do that? And did you feel alive when you were doing it? So, when you're going out and you're setting your goals for this year, make sure that they're embracing you, they're filling your the heart, and they're all at a level And that is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Creative Influencer Show. I hope that you have gained some inspiration today and that you have left with your heart and your mind a little fuller. I love using this platform to chat, inspire, and discuss everything that lights my heart on fire. But a huge favor for your girl, Amanda here. If you enjoyed this show, then please subscribe to this channel and share with two of your friends tag them on social media and tag us in guys creating content for this platform is what brings me so much freaking joy but i want to grow and i want to share these growth mindset concepts with everyone and i can't do that without your help so share comment and spread the love guys until next time may you find gratitude in every day live your life to the fullest and be courageous enough to conquer the world